Are the dark timings returning to our famous old football club? Well, if if the current form and situation is anything to go by, the answer may well just be yes. Albion are arguably just as in a bigger mess as the Conservative Party at the moment. How grim of a thought is that? Welcome back to the Baggies Broadcast. I'm Johnny Jury. As always, I'm joined by Lewis Cox. Lewis, I'm sure the atmosphere in your car was a little bit sombre on the way home last night. It certainly was in mine. Oh, you're not wrong there, Johnny. Yeah. Um, I've had better midweek trips back down the M6. In, enjoying your intro there. A bit of, uh, bit of current affairs politics. Well, you know, former, needs, you know, former news journalist. I like to drop a bit in, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without without showing your hand too much, without giving your allegiances away. <laughs> um, yeah, Christ, what a, a dreadful time it is. Dread, dreadful last night, terrible journey. Yeah, absolute hats off to those 700-odd fans in the away end. Absolute troopers. Um, difficult, difficult, dark times, as you say. Very dark, indeed. It was an awful journey back last night as well. I got diverted twice, which was a... A real pain in the backside. But we we got back in the end. I've written a script for this podcast. It's going to be negative. Well, it can't be anything but, really. Um, we'll rattle through a few bits. We're going to dissect dissect last night as well as we can with a few five alternative takes. Uh, TJ Smithy brings a little bit of positivity with a quiz this week. Oh, I will say it was really, really tough. Um, and we'll answer your questions as well. So, right, just... Looking back at last night, I, I said it will all be negative. I will, I will throw in one positive. Um... We sort of heard the rumours in the build-up to the game that David Button, um, his time had come to drop back to the bench where he spent most of his Albion career. We know he's made a, a string of errors this season. Uh, Bruce made the call. Uh, Alex Palmer came in seven years after he was first named in a matchday squad. Um, he made his Albion League debut. Um, Lewis, you have to say, he didn't really do a lot wrong and he made a couple of good saves early on before Albion. Absolutely. Continued. Yeah, did himself no no harm did he Alex Palmer I was pleased for him that early save was quite the save wasn't it we didn't have any replays last night in the Preston press box unfortunately but live it looked an absolute corker to be honest and we said didn't we when as soon as the ball was hung up into the Albion box and uh, was it Maguire of Preston who had the header um, yeah so. we just thought it's it's another it's another one nil down inside however many minutes that was what three four minutes in Palmer makes the save and you're thinking Hello, is this is this the difference? Is this the change? Do we have a, a last line of defence who can who can make the difference there with saves like that? But uh, fast forward to seven minutes and he could do nothing about Reese's opener, could he? Uh, absolutely hammered past him, six yards out as Albion were dissected, hot knife through butter far too easily from or almost front to back really through midfield, through the defence, cross from the left, nothing to keep. But as you say, overall. Pleased for Alex Palmer. It's been a, a hell of a long time coming for him. But even in isolation this season, a long time coming for him. I think a lot of fans would have had him, him in certainly before last night. And I don't think he, he did himself any harm. And however the next couple of days play out on the management front, you'd keep him in for Saturday and Luton, I think, wouldn't you? I don't see any reason why why that would change. He, uh, Yeah, he looked, looked steady to me, so good for him. No, no, he was. My next question um, is something I didn't think. There's a lot of things I said last night that I didn't think I would be saying this earlier in, early in the season. Um, and this is um, this is another thing. I'm just going to ask you the question and I'm going to let you answer this one because I don't know the answer. What on earth has happened to John Swift? Um, yeah. It's a, it's a little bit tough for me to answer because I didn't I didn't see him play for Reading as much as right. Albion fans would have and, and probably yourself. But no, I, obviously a, a talented second tier footballer, very much aware of his qualities. And obviously, when he came in in the summer with Wallace, very much billed as a an exciting, hopefully transformative signing as that number ten creative schema who can. You know, his his goal involvements over recent seasons, he could bring that bit of creativity that, that the side were obviously desperately lacking last season with the goals he's he's just he, he he's not alone by the way I think we're we're talking and specifying no. on him because of the the hype and excitement around his his signing but it, it's it's been poor hasn't it it's been underwhelming lacklustre we don't become a bad player overnight do you like, no no just... and, and, and he's not and he's not and no. he's had a couple of decent games and scored a couple of goals but um 
from, from what I've seen of him this season in Albion colours, you, you can see the technical footballer in there, but just drifts through games, almost goes missing too often. And when it's maybe when it's been tough for Albion, which it has for a lot of the season, just wanting him to do more with the ball, even without the ball. And it's not, I, I don't really like to use the term a luxury player because I think that's a, a bit unfair. I'm calling any player a luxury player, but that that's how a bit how it feels to me this season for him. Have and with those type of players, when they do get the ball in those positions, those pockets where he should be playing, there hasn't been enough sort of output as there, there hasn't been enough in terms of the decisive pass or cross or touch or link up play or anything like that. Um, really underwhelming. One of seems to be playing most. I mean, has he? Has he come out of the side for a league game yet? Or has he started every league game? I believe uh, so. He might have done he started that. every league game. See, so he's he's sort of um, keeping the trust of the manager. But, gosh, they need a lot a lot more from him. And he's, as I say, he's not alone. But uh, a player of his calibre and standard, I'll be need a lot lot more from him. They've not, not been getting it, have they? Obviously, Rogic has come in and has a similar role, I think you could say. So, it'll be interesting to see how that works moving forward, whether they play together, whether Swift will be taken out the side for Rogic, who seems to be getting trying to get up to speed. But nah, Yeah, that was been a... just on that, Lewis, that was my next question. You know, he come on and he had a couple of fancy flicks last night, but he, he looks a little bit off the pace at the moment, which is probably yeah, to be expected. Yeah. He um I know obviously you weren't there, Johnny, on Saturday when he he made his debut the first start and he he looked very leggy. Looked um looked like a player who hadn't had pre-season competitive training that that sort of thing played in the the opening weeks of the season he looked it um so it wasn't surprised what he managed just shy of an hour on Saturday it wasn't surprised at all to me last night that he wasn't in the starting 11 I like you thought when he came on when did he come on last night was it around the hour um I, th- I thought he looked quite sharp and he had that one moment in the box didn't he where he sort of drove in and got a got a good pass and it looked like he could get a shot away but Sort of didn't stuck under his foot, and there was a block in the end. It was snuffed out, but we 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 did. He he came on with slightly fresher legs last night. It looked being a, a late impact sub, and I thought we saw a little bit more. And hopefully, it's a step in the right direction regards him. But yeah, uh, yeah like Swift, and I know he's in a totally different situation to Swift fitness wise. Alvin just needs some from him. Yeah, whoever's in charge, Bruce or or whoever. You know who else other than needs something from him desperately needs that moment of creativity, magic, ingenuity, just something, something from an attacking perspective. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, these questions are quite short. This was the next one. Why on earth was Carl and Grant starting last night after what happened on Saturday? He was my biggest surprise in that team shoot last night. I don't know. About yeah, in, in, interesting to say that. I don't think I personally was overly surprised to see him in the side. Um, not, not that I would say. It was sort of warranted or deserved. I just thought Thomas Asante, indifferent on Saturday, probably Thomas Asante really works hard. And and, and to be fair, I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and ha- hammer Grant regards work rate and stuff like that, because I think I, I'd like to think all players try and go onto the pitch to win. But sometimes if they're having quiet... You can't blame Albion fans for questioning that when you see... Like last night, like didn't lay a glove on a on, on a defender. No, no, and not for the first time this season. Grant no, was no, nowhere last night. No, I know, I, I realise that. But when when they're having quiet games on the ball, Thomas Asante seems busy, doesn't he, and puts himself about. And that was the case on Saturday, even though he he didn't have much go for him on the ball. Grant last night, you got you got none of both, did you? I just thought after after Thomas Asante had had a run in the side, and nothing sort of went for him on Saturday. I I did think. Or will will Bruce turn to Grant just in the hope that Grant pops up with one of those sort of finishes that the manager so desperately needs? So it didn't entirely surprise me just to give Thomas Asante a breather. It's 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 a lot on that lad, I think, coming from League Two to um to start, you know, three games a week and keep going and keep going an ex- yeah. inexperienced lad as he is. So um yeah, that, that didn't surprise me, but I don't think Grant for a second did himself any sort of favours when it comes to staying in the side for Saturday. He well, he had that. He had. He did have that chance, didn't he? Ironically, the, the one thing from him I can remember from last night is Albion's best chance, where uh, yeah. Jake Livermore passed. Was it second half? 
great ball. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and Albin's, I think Albin's only real, for my money, real chance. Yakuza's back post header was was a decent chance first half, and there was a few from distance, but that Grant chance was the one, one-on-one. And uh, and keeper makes a save, keeper comes out on top. I'd say in the first half as well, when Dean Gala pulled off a face of goal, Grant's got to be just lobbing himself at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah just throwing himself in there. Yeah, it was a tight angle, so it's a difficult one for for Grady to to put it in the corner himself. I think, but yeah, that's where you want your voted to be, isn't it? As you say. Yeah, just finally before we talk about, you know, we're going to talk about the future of Steve Bruce at the moment um, and the players and the owner. You know, I thought about this quite. I had rolled this question over in my head last night driving home because I've thought, you know, every time, oh, West Brom got a good squad, and a lot of people said it last. Managers said it all last season. Ah. Oh, come to West Brom with a squad that they've got. And by the end, it just got boring and just, it wasn't correct because they were rubbish at the end of last season. And, you know, they're 22nd in the league now. Yeah, we're saying they've got a squad that compete in the top six. Even I find myself questioning that last night. Are we ho- overhyping this squad? Don't get me wrong. They're not a squad that should be in a relegation battle. But are we are we overhyping them? Yeah. Just playing devil's advocate for, for a yeah, moment? Yeah, yeah. Um, possibly. The, pop, the thing that's sprung into my head when I saw this was, that dreaded phrase on on paper, and yeah. it's it, it's it's a it's a horrific phrase in football, isn't it? Because on paper it looks a good squad. But, I look good. Um, you can say I'm quite good on paper. You know, yeah, I mean, you can manipulate. No, you can manipulate anything, can't you? No football. Maybe not quite paper, that, is it? Even even Sunday league isn't played on paper. No. Um, if the players aren't up to it at that moment, regardless of you know, what they've done a couple of years gone by or in recent seasons, then it means diddly squat. Yeah, we'll get you know, overhyping this squad aside, and I've written this over the last few days. What is patently clear is the confidence levels in the group. Uh, you know, given the results and the run of form this season are extremely low. Uh, I don't know if I'd say it's an all-time low, but they they, they look nervy, edgy, frightened, don't they, on the ball? Um, without the ball, when opponents come at them, um, Preston last night. They're not an they're not an attacking outlet, are they? Preston, look at their look at their figures this season, and especially when they're on top early on. Albion just looked sort of petrified every time the white shirts came at them, and and that's a confidence thing, I think, isn't it? But when you talk about overhyped the squad, um, maybe Johnny. I mean, when I came into this role, I didn't think I'd I didn't think you know I could see a, a top an automatic promotion squad by by any means, but I thought. I thought I saw a squad that was should absolutely be competing and in the mix for the playoffs as as a minimum, and that you know, with the budget and wages, especially that that has to be it, doesn't it? And I mean, how far are Albin off at the moment? I I dread to even look. Is it eight points I read? Um, you know, I haven't even looked that far. I haven't even looked that far up the table. No, no. Well, it's it, it's ever widening, isn't it? Which which puts me off looking, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I still think that's what the squad is. That's that's where it should be in terms of the players they have at the club. Yeah. But there, there were glaring window issues, weren't there, that we've talked about that went on, particularly late on in the in the summer. Positions, holes, gaps in the squad that weren't addressed, players that didn't come in, players that were allowed to leave loan and permanent. The squad does have issues. And I think we're we're seeing some of that rear its head, but the players just don't seem to me to be functioning at a team or a squad at the moment and just drained of confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Just before we talk about Steve Bruce, I'm just going to, um, just going to go through something here that will um, tell you how pretty bleak it is. Uh, April the 22nd, 2000. Uh, I was six years old at the time, so I can't really remember this game, but this date is significant when talking about last night out that on that date, Albion lost 2-1 at the Vescott Stadium to Walsall. And the Saddlers jumped out of the, the old uh, nationwide first division, as it was, bottom three. Albion slipped into it. That was the last time Albion were down there in a significant relegation battle. Yeah, they would probably lost the opening day of the season games and sat in the bottom three after one game. But that's the last time they were in a, where they dropped in and had a relegation battle. In the team that day, George Sant- likes of George Santos, Tony Butler, Jason Van Bleuk, you know Matt Carver, I can name a few others, you know, players who... Not massively well remembered at the Hawthorns. Those were dark times. Um, and this is the closest we've probably got to that. So sorry to uh, depress you even more Albion fans, but um, 
It's the lowest it's been for 22 years. Um, I'm going to talk about. That, in fairness, Johnny, that that was April of a season, wasn't it? So that, uh, yeah, exactly. That was. You know, if 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 Albion are still in or dropping into the bottom three, yeah. come next April, then um, yeah, Christ, I was going to say the alarm bells would be ringing, but I think we'd be well past that, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think they're just starting to. And and, and by the way, what about uh, as as I know we both saw this morning, um, ten years ago today. I know, yeah. I mean, All Albion fans, Clint McCormick, I'm blaming you for that. Almost started crying this morning when I watched that video. Yeah. That was t- only 10 years ago. Mental, but no. It also says I do like Clint's videos on All Albion fans. They do cheer me up a lot of the time, but yeah, that one there. That was a really, actually, I thought a really yeah. interesting context one of the fact it was exactly 10 years, you know, a big milestone to, to where it was where the club moved in the top flight yeah. to the, the, the top European positions. And just ironic that yeah. exactly 10 years last night, you know, they're dropping into the second tier drop zone. It's uh, that's that. I think that sums the whole thing up probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, fans have been, and will continue to until there's a decision or we hear any, anything I'm sure conversations are probably going on at the Hawthorns right now um, about Steve Bruce's future fans calling for him to, I sort of oh, resign, get out of our club, resign. But I and I'm of this school of thought. Yeah, he's not going to do that. As much as you want Steve Bruce to resign, he signed an 80 month contract to Albion. He's well within his rights to to carry on and try and get Albion out of this situation until the club see fit that he's got to go. Um, so I I'm not someone who wants Steve Bruce to resign or expects or thinks Steve Bruce should resign, but. You know, surely Lewis now, this can't continue as it is. Saturday will be toxic if it does, won't it? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, so we're, we're recording this just gone midday um, Thursday, obviously, day after the uh, the night before. And so far, it's, it's all quiet, really. We haven't heard anything untoward. That doesn't obviously suggest that anything untoward isn't, isn't happening, but nothing has come to pass yet. Uh, as I say, beyond halfway through the day, and uh, you wouldn't if if Thursday plays out with no change, I wouldn't personally expect change on a Friday, the day before the game. So we would have to take that that Bruce will be in place for um, for Luton on Saturday. And you're right, fans. You you said to me last night, didn't you? Yeah, and it, it's pretty obvious. Fans will vote with their feet, and will get a a low crowd, and and the crowd that are there will as they have done for recent home games and as they're well within their rights. And you have to say on results, correct to do vent their feelings and frustrations. And it's, I mean, Luton are a horrible side to have visiting as well, aren't they? It it would have been regardless of who was playing, but Luton are going to come here. What are they? Top half, four unbeaten, I think I saw. Full of beans, full of confidence, full of life. Yeah, they're going to come here and fancy it, aren't they? They're going to fancy getting a 10th minute opener. And, uh, and try and force Albion to have half a go and then just, just hit them on the counter. And good for them. That's that's what that's that's what Albion results have shown this season. And we can probably get onto it. I mean, this business of conceding first inside 15 minutes, Bruce has used ridiculous and ludicrous over the last couple of weeks to describe it. It is crazy. I don't, I don't know what you think about this. And it's, there, are, there are so many issues at the moment on the pitch, off the pitch, whatever, management, hierarchy, everything. But um, the team and the players are just not giving themselves a chance at all in games. Oh, don't worry. I've got two massive paragraphs of a rant to come after this after, on the players. Not, not giving themselves a chance. Um, so, yeah, L- Luton will be licking their lips. It, yeah, if if it if Albion don't take the lead or get a goal, it, as you say, it'll be toxic. It might be toxic regardless. And it'll just be interesting to see if the, if the silence we're here today goes on for the next couple of hours because, as I say, then we have to assume it's as you were. And Bruce was interesting last night after Preston, wasn't he, Johnny, in the in the post-match press conference uh, with, with his comments sort of admitting that he would accept his fate in regards being relieved of his duties, which seems an obvious thing to say, but he hadn't really said that yet. He hadn't really opened up on that. Like, he's still defiant and has that desire that he can turn it around and belief, but some of his other comments are just not that they read defeatist, but just read into some of them saying 
he feel you know whether he's the only one that believes he's a man to turn round or what was it? I saw him say to the radio he might not be everybody's cup of tea. Certainly the fans. Which I saw on social media today. Someone clipped up three quotes from Bristol. I don't know how correct these are, but of some that he said that for the last like three jobs he's been at. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was it, there was a couple of telling comments in last night's post match yeah. um, that made it feel like, as I say, when he said he'd accept what was coming, that yeah. he knew what was coming and he fully expected what was coming, and. To be honest, that's why we in in the local press probably did the same. But as I say, here we are at half twelve, and um, and yeah, no, nothing yet. So we're going to watch this space. Um, it's not that we've got to this point in the day, and now I don't expect it. But but here we are, and uh, and and Bruce, as he said, can only plough and soldier on, despite yeah. the toxicity amongst the fans, despite despite everything, and. Um, I mean, when you get comments like that, it just feels like either a long, long way back or surely beyond the point of any return, really. Yeah. We've um, talked about Bruce, now I'm going to talk about the players. I thought about this again. Did a lot of thinking on the way home last night. Um, <laughs> uh, in between listening to BBC Sounds True Crime podcast. Very good little plug there. Um I was thinking of these players, you know, there are some talented individuals in there, but collectively, results-wise, what I've seen from the players that have come in, the players of last season, this is probably collectively the worst I've seen Albion. You know, I can, as I said last night in the video, I can remember the end of the Brian Little era, uh, but not very, not very well, to be perfectly honest. Um, so a lot of my Albion memories are from the Megs and promotion season onwards, and this is the worst, you know. And we speak to... Um, we speak to Andy Johnson regularly, who played in that promotion, went inside in, in 0102, joined Albion that summer. Uh, he co-commentates for, for West Brom uh, TV, where West Brom did their live feed. Um, and he's, you know, he's admitted, I've listened to AJ on podcast in the past talking about his West Brom time, you know, and he's admitted that that team under Gary Megson, you know, which is one that everyone thinks about quite a lot, you know, it's nice to reminisce. So they weren't nice to watch, he even used to say to Albion fans, I, I did you pay to watch it? Uh, but he, what he did, he described them as a gang. You know, I think his, his quote, and I listened to his episode on a podcast the other day, if you hit one, you hit them all. And the, the likes in that team, Lara Sigurdsson, Darren Moore, Phil Gilchrist, AJ himself, Derek McInnes, you know, Jason Roberts, Danny Dicchio, Scott Dobie, you know, they're just to, to name a few. Um, they, they were, and that team, you know, they're not pretty to watch, but, but they got results, didn't they? And they... They give something, give Albion fans together, something to be proud of. This togetherness, team, togetherness. togetherness. You look at you look at the leaders in that team. The names that I've just named there, Albion fans, it'll resonate with. I don't see that here. You know, fans can put up with with players being of poor quality. I can put up with that. You know, supporters can. But a lack of endeavour, which there seems to be. Don't get me wrong. No one goes on a football pitch to lose a game of football, and if you do, you shouldn't be playing. But at times this season, it's been unacceptable, and it just seems that there hasn't been. Um, there hasn't been that endeavour there and just you know they, they, there are players in, don't get me wrong players have come in this summer but there are players in there that have played under Slavin Bilic they've played under Big Sam Valerian Ishmael and now Bruce you know and they've had these lines thrown at them all four managers you know so you know people can't be wrong when they're saying stuff like this yes Bruce has mm-hmm. to take the blame and he will do and I'm sure he will carry the can you know whatever happens in the next days or hours or whatever happens but the players have got to do as well, you know. And I know pl- some players don't like criticism, you know, in the modern era. Uh, we hear about it all the time. But they're professional footballers and the minimum requirement is coming off that pitch knowing that you've busted a gut for them fans that are in that crowd. And I don't think all them Albion fans can say that last night. Albion players can say that last night. There's been times over the last year, more than there should have been, where players have done that. And fans are questioning that. They are. And they have done for a while and they've yeah. got every right to. And it's, yeah, no, you know, I, the players I, have just got to take just as much blame for me. I didn't see that last night either, really. I didn't see that last night. And and not for the first time this season. I think, and and some players have been allowed to leave, haven't they, as we know, uh, over the over the last window. But there's still players in there that have been, as you say, there throughout those manager changes, throughout the downs, and some and, and the ups, obviously, but the downs. And the word the word that comes to my mind is stale. It feels like those players have long probably had their day at the club and 
listen, contracts contracts to football, aren't they? Expensive, lengthy. It's not it's it's really not as simple as get rid of X, Y, and Z, is it? It really isn't. You know, there you have you have to find someone to take them. Next One thing Bruce has said, and he said it last season, this in it to turn it around, he would need more than one window, which he does. Some two or three yeah. windows to not gut the squad, but get it in a different place. It's that changing, doesn't excuse, that but it doesn't excuse. excuse yeah, ball, doesn't ball. excuse the position. Right. But that's one point where he is. I think he is pretty much correct on that. You know. Yeah. Um, odds are he's not going to get the chance to have another window, let alone another two. But um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I'm just going to um, just finally um, as well. Um, just we've got to talk about the owner because you know people take part in shots at the owner, which then bore them. In their rights to do. Um, basically, you know, Hal Robson Carney was on Sky last night. Sorry, I'm just trying to get his tweets up from this morning. Hal Robson Carney was on Sky last night, called out the West Brom owner. Um, uh, Robson Carney obviously left Albion last season before last. Um, he was covering the game for Sky as a pundit, as he usually is. Um, and he's He's, he said a lot of good things on Sky last night, but I just want to read out a few of his tweets. Uh, West Brom slumped to another defeat, won one in 12 games, um, fall into relegation. So fans have been calling for the manager to be sacked, calling out the players, but they feel like they aren't being listened to. I agree with them. But in a situation like this, we need to zoom out to understand the true nature of a, the accountability period. Let's remove emotion and incorporate a 360 degree view to identify the root issues. 18 months ago, the team were relegated from the Premier League. The owners decided to sack a manager who had delivered success uh, and money, um, or dollar signs, um, to the club hours after a 1-1 draw with the then-champions Man City. Such an early change had removed any momentum that that group of players had. The season continued under new management. Traction wasn't achieved and relegation followed. Following relegation, the owners decided that investment into the team wasn't required. Key players were lost without replacing them with significant signings, with money diverted away from the pitch and the fans. Now the club sits in the bottom three of the championship in October. The group of players, coaches and a manager who are giving their all. That's the one part in this that I do um, debate. Um, but the root cause and the value sorry, the value driver for change isn't down to any of them. Success or failure starts at the top and should be accountability. Um, or should be accountable, I should say. Uh, yeah, I think he's right. I don't agree on the players' point of view we've touched on. Um, it's just, you know, things do start, you know, everything starts at the top, doesn't it? If there's a, you know, if there's a root problem within a company or a systemic problem, you know, yeah, it all yeah, starts no, I, yeah, at the top. Yeah, of course. Um, of course, there's other... Yeah, go on, I was sorry, just going to say, sorry, mate. Yeah, if, if, if it's not right at the top, then things are going to filter, aren't they? And deck of cards type thing. But that... that uh, that doesn't excuse that doesn't excuse players performance on the pitch manage you know to a point managerial performance in terms of selection tactics decisions that sort of thing it does it doesn't exempt that it doesn't account for that fully does it but you know, everyone else still has to be held to account yeah held yeah, yeah. made made accountable and um yeah but if 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 things are badly wrong further up i think it makes people's lives and jobs tougher further down, doesn't it? And and obviously transfer windows, things things like that. So yeah, yeah, I, messy issues throughout, and it's coming to the fore now on the pitch, you'd say. But now listen, we, as as we've touched on last night on the pitch and other games this season on the pitch, not all of them, but a lot, just been miles miles off where Albin should be, need to be. And, uh, yeah, it's sad. Needs to change very, very quickly. Yeah, and just finally on that middle list this morning, Albin have had 11 managers in the last 10 years, or 10 or so years, 12, 11 years, something like that. Um, stemming right back to Roy Hodgson, 11 managers, I've worked out that seven of them decisions were probably wrong. You know, and that uh, uh, and the owner, owner plays a part in most of them decisions. I think he, he became Albin owner when um, Tony Pulis was appointed as manager in that sort of that era but it's just and, and, and how Robson Carney there referenced the 1-1 draw with Man City under Slavin Bilic and like I've tweeted this morning I think the, the latest chapter in the things that have gone wrong at Albion probably started there obviously there was things wrong beforehand but it is grim indeed uh, we've got loads of questions so I'm going to get onto them soon um, but we've got to bring you 
got to bring you the one thing that you listen to on this uh, this podcast, and that's the advert from the Kettle and Toaster Man. This podcast is brought to you with association in association, sorry, with the Kettle and Toaster Man on Thorns Road in Briley Hill. This week we're talking air fryers. You got an air fryer, Lewis? I have got an air fryer. Johnny. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it probably belongs more to my other half than myself. <laughs> um, how about you, Johnny? I haven't, mate, but I haven't got anything in the kitchen at the moment. It's just full of, like, building Yeah, stuff, I mean, so. I, it's... I can't... I mean, you know me, Johnny. I can't I can't admit that an air fryer is... You know, I put it like this. I wouldn't want every single of my dinners to be cooked in an air fryer. I love a bit of love a bit of grease and fat every now and then, mate. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but for all your, you, you know, you health gurus out there and uh, whatever other many, many benefits I'm sure it has, get on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Talking air fryers in Greece, this is a little bit different for you. Kettle and Toaster Man has got a Tower T17064 five in one digital air fryer oven for £75. You can get your hands on that. And it is 99% less fat. Little to no oil is required while keeping the same great taste. So you lose the fat, but not the flavour. As I keep saying, Christmas is coming up. Get over to the Kettle and Toaster Man. Uh, right, questions. I did have my list of questions up, but I've. Uh, I've just been searching for Hal Robson Carney's tweets. So I'm just going to have to scroll down my Twitter feed. We had a lot of questions uh, last night. We had quite a few this morning as well. I just just loads of statements, really, um, saying Bruce needs to go. But sorry, Bags fans, I don't have that much of a, a pull, really, um, at the football club. Sorry, I'm looking for I'm looking for where I've asked these uh, asked for these questions that I, for the life of me, can't find it, which is... Um, go on, Johnny. Which is not good. Which is not good. All right, here we go. Find them. Let's go. Right, question time, question time, question time. Um, Sunil Patel, regular question asker on the pod. Um, do you think we are? Uh, one thing I have said, I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to come out and say, um, you know, the man, Bruce is still in the job. Um, whatever happens, as you said, in the next few hours or, or days or week. Um, so I'm not going to say I think this match should take over if Bruce loses his job. But with Sunil's question, do you think we're an attractive proposition to anyone other than journeyman managers anymore? Um, would any young, sorry, innovative managers want to work for the club? That's a, a good question. It's probably, uh, yeah, one, it's a it's really probably one we question. could probably answer a little bit more if something does happen. But it's a good point. I, I, I understand where the question's sort of born out of totally. But I do, I do believe... For, for up and coming managers, certainly there'll be those managers in League One, top end of League One, who who are thinking, I'm doing a great job here. My club love me. I'm on, got a good crack at promotion promotion to the champ at a club who love me. And they might look at the look at the table, see Albion where they are, know what's going on in the background, know the finance situation, and think. And, th- and this is a harsh reality, I think, to be honest. But think I I might be better off where I am at the minute for this season. Having said that, West Bromwich Albion are still West Bromwich Albion, regardless of, you know, being, where are they, 22nd in the championship. So the pool will remain there. And as we discussed near the top of the show, I think, the, <laughs> and again, forgive me for leaning towards on-paper territory, but um, the, the squad, the, some of the players are still there for a, a younger manager to to back themselves to get a tune out of these players, these talented players, for the most part, you'd have to say, you've got a manager on the way up, full of confidence, full of new ideas, all of that. They'd fancy a crack, wouldn't they? They'd fancy. A, uh, I think. I think they'd come in thinking, and this is a dangerous thing to probably say. Surely the only way is up. The only way is up from what has gone this season, and I can do that as a pair of fresh eyes fresh ideas i can do that with the players that are there um whether they can <laughs> it depends if a change is made it depends who that individual is i do think that some managers on the way up below might fancy their chances sticking around where they are but i i still think regardless of of all the doom and gloom we've chatted that uh that the pull that the appeal can still be there for managers who are trying to trying to make their way in this division yeah, uh, I, I don't know if you agree with that, Johnny. I mean, I, yeah, the, the yeah, but it's the tip. It's the, maybe the manager comment. You know, that they'll always be around, won't they? Some of them will always be out of the job. Some are yeah. now. We know I, they are. And 
Uh, I imagine they'll fancy it. I think Zanon's question is correct, though. I think the more Albion go on this slow decline, the less they look as an attractive yeah. proposition, I suppose. Yeah. It's funny, though, isn't it? Because, well, not funny, but you know what I mean? Sort of ironic. The, the worst, the worst, yeah, say we get to April and May, the worst comes to the worst. And yeah, next season, Albion find themselves in the division below. Then, I don't know, are they the, one of the more attractive propositions in the division? division below because they should be at the top of League One. Oh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not worth thinking about, is it? Um, quite frankly. But yeah, I do, I do agree with, with Sunil, but I, I also believe that um, that manage, man, managers on the way up with fresh fresh sort of ideas will fancy a crack at it. Yeah, no, no, certainly. Um, just on another point, where's my I keep losing my question. Um, Luke Stanley, um, what is Gourlay doing? Heard nothing from him since he promised better communication and transparency. Also, the footballing board. Is it just him or his mate? Him and his mate Bruce. Plus his work experience on Alex and his paycheck on it as well. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that last part, but what is Gourlay doing? Um, well, he was on the phone at halftime last night because I walked past him in the near the press room to um, at Deepdale. We didn't really hear what was in this conversation. I thought I was here, Wigan. Um, but he sort of walked off the other way. So he was at the game last night. Uh, it's 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 a valid point, isn't it, Lewis? Um, in terms yeah. of transparency, you know, fans go back to the window, which is valid. Um, I think journalists have sat down once, I think, with Gorlo. Um, he said some interesting stuff. But at a time where things are going wrong for your football club, I'd say transparency is probably one of the most important things as a business yeah. and a company and a and a football club. Um, so it's a, it's a fair question, isn't it? Yeah, no, I entirely agree with what you said there. Um, was it, it was Tuesday, wasn't it? The pre, pre-Preston press conference, Bruce was asked about, and, and, and he was post-Swansea on Saturday as well, he was asked about talks with the chief executive, uh, Gourlay, who he, you know, we're told and we know he has a, a good relationship with, Bruce said some interesting things in the week, actually, like, you know, he he addressed this relationship and how he can't bank on that. He can't take it for granted, still has to do a job. But that was a little bit interesting. And and he did, you know, he's asked, are, are you in contact? Are you having talks reassured about your, your job, your future as Albion boss? Bruce swiped away at the reassurance, reassurance comment, says he doesn't think he, he needs that. But he says they're in daily contact in his working role. And... I imagine that's the case. Obviously, the chief exec is is very often at the at the training ground when we're there for for press conferences. They, I imagine, they are in daily contact, regardless of how things going, when they're going well, when they're not going well, as 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 is now. And Bruce has talked about how how the future, how his future, or well, certainly prior to last night, Bruce has talked about how the future, how his future hasn't been up for discussion. I don't know. I. I don't know this, but I, I find it tricky to believe it's not been discussed after last night. I really do, given what we spoke about, about at the top of the show, given how Bruce came across post-match sort of acceptance comments, what we therefore all expected today. I just struggle to believe that there haven't been sort of, at the very least, tentative talks about sort this out, this needs sorting out. Bruce gave an interesting comment, actually, didn't he, in, um, in Tuesday's press conference about... Um, he said to one of the radio guys how how he knows and that the team and club need need victories for the the chief executive as well, Johnny. I don't know if you saw those comments. Yeah. Um, quite quite an interesting thing to say. Didn't entirely. He didn't fully follow up on that. I I, I didn't entirely know what to read and make of. We need we need w- wins for for the chief executive. I suppose that's my my immediate thought was as well as pressure on the manager, pressure on the board and the chief exec to make make decision for a change. Um, I mean, I suppose it could be, I'm just thinking out loud here, be read as an, I think Bruce said it as well, as as good as said it, we're all in this together type thing. Obviously, Ron joined the club and and then um, and then appointed the manager, what was it, the following day, I believe, or certainly. Same day, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, close quarters. So, you know, yeah. we know it was very much... The chief exec's call and and the man he wanted to bring in and the the win the, the record the win percentage it's all pretty disastrous isn't it and 
we can talk about some performances this season. But yeah, going back to the point, I find it find it a little bit difficult that to 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 believe that talks showdown talks wouldn't have taken place today. I really do, given given where we are, given how it's going, given a dozen games, given dropped into the bottom three. You know, the whole lowest ebb for what is it, a generation thing. Since the likes of you and I were nippers. It's um yeah, I surely things are, are having to be addressed whether it was this morning or as we speak right now yeah um just gonna answer this one briefly um give us your honest opinion on bruce as a fan not as a journalist and i've just been doing a little bit of research on this um honest opinion when he came in thought he was not the right answer but not the wrong answer thought he could turn it around last season given his promotion record um thought he could turn it around this season when he had a really good summer um but i think it's got to a point now where something's got to give. Um, whether last night was the straw that broke the camel's back, I'm not too sure. I think Steve Bruce has had a really good managerial career, if you look over it. Um, I, think it I, I still stand by this. Newcastle fans, if you're listening to this, you'll probably be slagging me off. But just look back. The two full seasons at Newcastle, they finished 12th and 13th. Um, not really any better than the previous manager there, Rafa Benitez did. And he was re- revered and you know loved up in the North East. Um, so I think he does get a rough ride over that. He has had a couple of bad managerial jobs. You know, Villa didn't go massively well for him in the end. Um, you know, we know that ended badly. Twelfth or thirteenth in the Premier League is not bad going, is it? No, I don't think so for Newcastle side. Newcastle side who who had been in the the Championship a few years before, but that's by the by. At West Brom, yeah, hasn't been good enough. hasn't It hasn't been good enough. Decisions have been questionable. Substitutions, selections. You know. Um, I think at the moment the squad is certainly offensively in a better place than it was when Bruce took charge. But you can't. You've just got to look at the facts. And um, I think it's come from Nick Smith. Smith, I think his name is. Um, you've just got to look at the facts. Where Albion were, they were fifth when Bruce took over. He couldn't turn things around. Um, they're twenty second at the moment. Um, and yeah, you know, people slate us. He's a nice chap. You know, he is a good chap. Um, I think he and he's done. Some positive things for Albion, but on the on the whole, you judged on results and yeah, everything you know, everything points to to be a negative, and it is you know, it's hard to it's hard to say that he's left the squad or or I'm not saying he's left because he hasn't left the club, but or the squad's in a better place when Albion are 22nd in the league. But I think he has brought in some good players. There is still potential there, uh, but yeah, I just think as it runs its course, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Bruce that's, obviously that's accepts Bruce, Bruce accepts the results thing and that it hasn't been good enough, which he obviously has to. We know that, but he, I, I suppose, just playing devil's advocate, his counter argument would be what what he took on and how much he's had to change, uh, how, and probably how much he had to change over the over the summer transfer windows. As I say, I'm not I'm not using this as an excuse. I'm just saying what he's what what he would say about what he what he's taken over and. Obviously, he still knows it's not been good enough, but there, there was a lot to change and sort, was there? And a lot of it hasn't been sorted, um, be through his calls or see things above his head. He said something, just another quick detour, Johnny, and get your thoughts on this. He made a big play in Tuesday's pre-Preston press conference to talk about the sort of, and he didn't use or necessarily agree with the word malaise, but the... Just things for two and a half years at the club. He, he really specified two and a half years, and that's pretty much the, the breakout of the pandemic, isn't it? When club were nearing in on the, the promotion, and how it was a bit of a struggle after that, and there are varying things that have gone on there. And obviously, you know, we're talking a season in the Premier League, albeit a behind closed doors one, and one that ended, ended in relegation, and all the subsequent struggles. But I don't know. You, you'll have a bit more context than me. Obviously, I'm aware of following Albion generally, but not as reporter. The two and a half year comment issue is is that fair is is that how long the struggles have been do the struggles go back i don't know before that obviously great, not. Great time, some some great times for slav weren't there obviously uh, yeah, yeah. I, I i don't think he's massively on the money there because yeah under billet surely in the premier league season it took a lot to get to grips with it didn't really invest he was just starting to turn a little bit they got brought in big sam took him a while to get his own players in, but Albion were looking good. And if Mbadian could have kept himself on side half the time, West Brom would have probably stayed up that season. <laughs> um, yeah. For me, it's from, last, from the start of last season. You know, there are things that have been seeping in for years and years and years, but on the pit, just you're on about his press conference comments and we haven't spoke about it. I think, you know, he said, 
which a lot of fans took against before the Preston game, and quite rightly so. He said, I'm confident we could have finished above where we did last season, which was 10th. Um, yeah. And, you know, a colleague of ours talked about it last night um, after the game. I remember some food saying it was a bit of a dumbing down almost. And that that was what it was. And that that's alarming in itself. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the improvement on last season always has to be the base of any manager, doesn't it? Yeah. But when you're talking about when you're talking about West Brom in the Championship and you're talking about improving on 10th, I mean, it all, it almost goes without saying, doesn't it? It's like 10th in the Championship is nowhere near good enough for, for Albion yeah. and can't can't be repeated, can it? Let, let alone worse and it can't be repeated. We know that the playoffs top six is the has to be the, the bottom line, bare minimum. And uh, so, so no one wants to hear about wants to hear about how Albion might do better than tenth and get ninth, eighth, or seventh. You know, it's just yeah, no, nowhere near enough, is it? So no, uh, th- those comments did uh, didn't go down well as as expected, really. No, I'm going to rattle through a few more. James Evans has given me a lot of power here. He said two part, <laughs> um, two part. If you don't mind, John, you take o- you take over right now. I'm in charge of West Brom. Yeah. You take over right now. What is your formation? Start 11, style of play. Start. Forget style of play. I've spoke about style of play before. You're only as good as the players you've got, I think. And, you know, if you've got good players, then you don't specifically need a, a, a designated style. But start 11, I'm going to go Palmer, TGH, O'Shea, Kelly, Peters. I'm going to play 4-1-3-2. Um, one... The one in there I'd put, I don't know, Yukushlin. Um The three I'd go, Grady, Swift or Rogic, Wallace, and I'm going to play two up front. There's going to be a Sante and Grant. Maybe maybe might throw in Cleary. I know I've been against the Cleary shakes, but Grant was woeful last night. There isn't many yes, options. Mate, they'll, be, they'll be calling for your head after a game. I know, I know. Um, and you managed to gain an interview with Lai. You get three questions. We'll do this between us, Lewis. First one I would ask is, how much would you take to sell West Bromwich Albion Football Club? Would be my first question. Um, what yeah. would yours be? I'm just having a, just. Uh, it's all right. It's the first time that question's been mentioned. It's a really mm. interesting one, isn't it? So because we only get so few questions, I'm trying to think of. Uh, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head with the you know the the main question really. Um, perhaps as as you've gone on the selling front. Perhaps, how would you assess? How long is he, uh, the ownership lie now? Is 20, 2016. How would you assess you know, your ownership and, and in particular the last few years that have led Albion to the bottom of the championship? Yeah, yeah. Um, probably ask him as well, is he planning to is he planning to actually invest any time? You know, we'd ask him about the loan and stuff as well, wouldn't you? But, yeah, of course, the financial side. Yeah, the financial side. Yeah, ask him first. I'm going to ask two more questions from what I've got. Um, I'm going to ask three because one's a bit... I'll ask this one. This is confusing. I don't, uh, we don't have to answer it, but uh, this is from Nath, Nath Aldridge. Do you think if Bruce and Ron swapped jobs that Bruce would have sacked Ron by now? And if you were Ron, would you have sacked Bruce by now? <laughs> Very confusing. I don't know, but it's a good question. I do like the question. There's a lot of thought gone into that. Yeah, that's good, that. Yeah, good question. Um, I don't know. Maybe. I'm, I'm not too sure. Um, happy I think, Beast. I think, um, Go on, say again. Just, just sacking the plenty in the championship, aren't they? Yeah. yeah clubs, uh, I said, was it last night's video we said this? Um, the teams, smaller clubs than Albion with smaller expectations in the championship than Albion are uh, yeah. pulling the trigger. Uh, making movements and and I think every time that happens, Albion supporters' frustration increases a notch, doesn't it? And thinks, what? Why are we standing still? Why are we going backwards? Why? Why do the board not want to act? Look at the look at the results, form and record. So I think that's that's a part in that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. fans seeing seeing movement elsewhere, which as as is always the case in the Championship, it's um, well we've we've reached that point, haven't we? Second season. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. A um, couple more. Happy B79. At what point do you transfer plans for January change? If playoffs look impossible, say after the World Cup, 
Is there a risk that assets will be sold rather than bought in? E.g. a deal like Andy Carroll last year would make sense this year if the best we can do is mid-table. That's It's an interesting question and not something that I've thought about, to be honest. But yeah, you know, if West Brom mm. finish mid-table, you know, we, uh, I don't know the ins and outs of the parachute payments and money and stuff, you know, but I'm led to believe a lot of it stops next season. Um, you know, if Albin got to look to cut their cloth, cut their cloth, uh, don't bear thinking about it at the moment, but yeah. No, no, it doesn't. I mean, uh, the the star performers this season have been um, Dean Garner and Wallace, haven't they? I think that's, that's a fair shout. Really, maybe you could make mention of a couple of others at best, but um, you'd fear for an Albion side at the moment without one or two of those, wouldn't you? You really would. Because they look they, they look the only sparks, don't they? Yeah. As, as yeah. sad as it is to say. I mean, Thomas Asante is a new lad through the door, a different type of player, but for me, those two look the only sparks. Dean Garner looked the only spark to me last night at Preston. I'm struggling otherwise, really, so... Let's um, let's hope come that couple of months down the line, I'll be in a nowhere near 22nd, 21st. They're they're much closer towards top half or in the top half. I mean, a lot needs to go right for that to happen. Who knows if if change needs to happen for that to happen? Yeah. Um, let's hope we don't. That let's hope that doesn't have to become a reality, really. Mm, yeah. Um. I'm gonna, sorry, I said two more then, but I'm going to ask two more because there's two good questions here. Fans asked about, OK, Kushlu, um, you know, what has happened to him? Is he a spent four, someone said. Um, I would say no. OK, Kushlu, another one that doesn't become a bad player overnight. Um, he hasn't had a pre-season. And I think he had a bit of a bank when he first came in. Uh, but I think that's catching up on him at the moment. And I think it'll probably take two, a couple of months before we again see the Yukushlu that that we've become accustomed to, certainly in the Premier League, and then maybe in his first couple of appearances for Albion. But um, no, I don't yeah. think he does. I think it's, I think in modern football, it's very easy to think a player has a couple of bad games. They're automatically a bad player. It's not the case. There's something else there. And for me, I think that's glaringly obvious. I think he, he does look off the pace. Um, yeah, and he's, he's, another, he's, he's another that didn't have a, a proper summer, did he? And that, that accounts for a lot, I think, without wanting to try and make excuses that yeah. that is an important factor isn't it and um just watching him i mean i was watching him last night he's he's a specific type of footballer isn't he he doesn't run around like a like a crazy man like wallace all game and and, and wallace has that hard running where you know he's giving that 110 percent, doesn't he because of the way he comes across yeah uh clearly very clearly not all players do that but yakuza isn't that type of player is he? he's quite and this this isn't a dig or a criticism. Sort of one pace, he plays the game at his sort of level, at his sort of tempo. When it when it comes off and he's going well, it looks Rolls Royce esque. Uh, but when it doesn't come off and everyone's struggling, it looks off the pace, doesn't it? So that probably goes against him. But um, yeah, he, it's one of those where you need him to to keep going through it, keep building it up to get there. But uh, a struggle when he's him and the team aren't playing well, clearly. Yeah, final question. Um, if we are to change the manager, do you think the next one should be on a very short-term contract like until the end of the season? It's costing us a fortune paying off managers, but also doesn't show a commitment. So we put off some interested parties. It's an interesting question. And I listened to mm. this. It's an interesting, uh, an interesting question when it comes to managers. And I can't remember who it was, but I interviewed someone a while ago talking about contracts and players. Um, on the managerial front, I would say the only club I've seen do this in the last few years is Wrexham, you know, Ryan Reynolds, Wrexham, who appointed Phil Parkinson last year on a 12 month contract, a 12 month rolling contract. Um, he didn't get them up and he's still in charge now. So they've stuck with him. But I thought that was a very, very wise move at the time. Um, and not a lot of clubs do it. You know, they tie manage into big contracts, i.e. with players. And this person I interviewed a while ago, two, three years ago now, was saying that if clubs offered one year contracts, with a good salary, but the, a lot of it was based on bonuses. Players would be always earning their contracts, earning their next contracts, fighting for everything. You know, you look at players in League Two, for example, they don't earn great money. A lot of them are one-year contracts. You know, you probably go and watch a League Two player. All right, they're not going to be quality, but they'll be chucking their body on the line for that next deal. You know, yeah. to pay that to pay that mortgage. 
I agree you know, with what you've said on that show. Um, it'll never happen because no. But and it, it, well, and if it, it happened, it, the only way it happened is if it happened collectively across football, which yeah. will, which won't happen. But and, if a club, obviously, it wouldn't be a surefire way to success, would it? You, you no, but I think would, what it would but, do, it, you couldn't, you couldn't leave anything. You could, you couldn't have a pop at them, maybe for or, or less of a pop at them for, for endeavour yeah. and and working hard and and trying to. And yeah, as as you touched upon, the the salary and wage would have to be more, but yeah. it wouldn't be as damaging for the club over the longer term regards sackings, would it? Clearly, so it's an interesting concept actually. Um, but would managers out there take it? It's uh, I'm 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 not so certain. I mean, it sounds from a fan's point of view idealistic, doesn't it? And and the way. You know, the way Albion fans looking at the moment think it should be, but I'm just struggling to see whether any any manager interested in the job would, would go for that when he might think, oh, I'll hold out for a two-year deal somewhere else further down the line. Yeah, no, definitely. Cheers for your questions, Albion fans. Uh, just got a little bit more to cover, so I can't read them all out, but um, do keep sending them in. Much appreciated. Um, time for a quiz here. Me and Tom, TJ Smithy, caught up uh, last week. This was a tough one. See how I got on. Quiz time's back. Tom's back. What have you got for me today, Tom? I've been on fire in recent weeks, if I say so. All those self-praises, no praise. You've um, shown me dad up. <laughs> I know, yeah. It, did. it was a stab in the dark, that Laurie Cunningham one. That Laurie Cunningham, yeah. But, um, don't worry, was, don't worry. There was a number in there that I guessed wasn't there, which was a bit lucky, yeah. but never mind. What have you got for me this week anyway, mate? So this is going to be more of a uh, a foreign player quiz who've, who have played for West Brom. So I'm going to start naming some teams from abroad. I'll name two, and then you've got to try and figure out the player based on them. And then you've if you need more teams, teams, I'll say more teams, what's that one? And then they'll come into the English teams later right, on. Okay. Are the players necessarily all foreign? All players are foreign. Right, OK. Oh, I'm a bit nervous. All to, I could be all talk at the start and crumble here, crumble <laughs> on my ass. But yeah, right, Albion foreign players. How many questions have we got? Five. Five questions, right. Let's try and get four. Let's set the bar high. Oh, wait a second. Let's set the bar yeah. high. So, give me a second. I just want to double check something before I do it. Uh, right. So, the first player has played for PSG and Montpellier. Yusuf Malumbo. No. Oh! Yeah, never, never close. We got Le Mans. I think Alvin Bezzi played for PSG. There is a, to be fair, there is a few that have played Greg, for PSG. Did Greg Olkakoviak? No. No. Just shit. Well, it's probably my language. Um, if you need um, an English team, I'll say the English team. How many guesses do I get before I've knocked out? I just keep, uh, well, I just once keep I, going. Once I've, once I've run out of teams. Once you've run out of teams. <laughs> um, PSG. Morgan Amalfitano? No. Nope. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, I need more teams. Sunderland. Stefan Sessignon? Yeah. Oh. Fourth time of asking. <laughs> god, that's tough. That's tough. I wouldn't have got it without Sunderland. It's gonna be a tough quiz today. Gonna be a tough quiz today. Tough that is, tough that is. that's that's zero. Yeah. Let's say I've got to get it within two guesses to get the point. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I took four there, so I've got absolutely nothing. I should have <laughs> minus one, really. Well, to be fair, you've got the first two teams and then you've got an extra three goes on top. So, yeah. So, we'll try and try and do it within three teams. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Okay. So, now you've got SC20 and Monaco. Oh, these aren't easy, are they? Hit me. Another one. Andalek. FC20. Monaco, Anderlecht. Oh my God, this is this is terrible. 
another one. He's played for Spurs. Chadley? It is Chadley. Chadley, yeah. It's Chadley. a hard quiz this week. Yeah. You that. Yeah. Oh, that's ter- That's zero out-, zero out of two. Oh, no, I need to pull this back now. Right, come on. <laughs> hit me. Let's go. Let's rattle through them. Right. You got Fenerbahce and PSG. Nicholas and Elka. It is indeed. Right, come on. We're on the way back. Sort (laughs) of. Sort of. This is tough. Your fourth player. Sevilla. The locomotive Moscow. We're talking like recent, like the last. 10, yeah, it's years. going to be from like these are like from 2010 onwards. Moscow. And Peter Ronwin, you played Lokomo of Moscow, but he didn't play to Sweden. Oh, no. Borgia Valero? Wrong. No. I have one more team. PSG. Oh my God, PSG! They're everywhere. I know. Is it Gregor Krukoviak? No. It is indeed. Oh, is it? Oh yes. yes. There we go. I'll tell you, I had one extra. I saw, I saw you using before. I was like, oh, you yeah. might have to refresh this in yeah. a minute. God, we've had some players from PSG, haven't we? I know. Right, two out of four. That's not bad considering this quiz. I'll take that. Yeah. We've got one more left. You got Try your last one on now. You've got Club Bruges. And Juventus. Yes. I'll have another one. Galatasaray. That's what the only one I can think of is Diania. Dian? Is indeed. Is it? Oh, what a shout. All that's about somewhere you have. Oh, I got three in the end there. I'll take that. I'll take that. That is three in the end. You've obviously had two warm ones. Someone's obviously wound you up this week to make that so hard. (laughs) Tom, Tom, thanks again, mate. We'll come back with hopefully another quiz next week. Hopefully a little bit more easier. Um, (laughs) Me and Lewis have still got to do our head-to-head. He said on the podcast last week he's up for an Albion head-to-head. So we'll have Albion head-to-head with Lewis and then we'll try and get... uh, We'll try and get a few fans on. But cheers, Tom. Cheers, yeah, guys. No worries. There we go. Difficult, difficult quiz. Tough week. I'll be about a tough week. I've had a tough week. Uh, Lewis is going to wrap it up. Um, but I'm going to ask you a tough Where do Albion go from here? You know, that's the that's the tough one, isn't it? To the Hawthorns on Saturday, I suppose. Um, <laughs> the very well, diplomatic I, answer. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, big, big decisions we thought and expected were to be made today, weren't they? Um, that's that's the biggest one on the football front at the moment regards the manager. Is it time for Bruce to go? Yeah. Results yeah. perform... Maybe performances is harsh, but results and league table and form suggests yes. The manager himself still, still obviously backs himself to um, to turn it around, which is which is his call. And obviously he believes in that because of performances and what, what he sees in the group. And yeah. where do Albion go from here? Well, they, they, they stick or twist. The decision makers either either make a call for change or give the manager another game, another two games. But if 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 the decision's the latter, and we touched on this earlier in the pod, didn't we, when a, a game like Luton at home on Saturday, if that doesn't go the way in Albion's favour, things are just going to get more and more difficult for everyone involved, aren't they? Um, the outlook and the, the outlook's just going to get even more bleak. Situation's going to get even more toxic. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult, and only a run of wins is going to is going to change that front. I'm sure Johnny. Some fans would say to us right now, and listening would say, unfortunately, it's past the point of no return. And what does that mean? Four wins out of the next five, four or five wins in a row, and fans still want change, probably. Um, 
but the, the harsh reality is are gonna are Albion gonna win a game, two games, three games, four games in a row? I mean, never say never, but I'm not sure about you. I just I just can't see that. Uh, one winning twelve, it's just not gonna happen in the league, is it? It's not with, with the problems on the pitch defensively. We probably haven't talked about the defensive shambles as much as we should have in this pod, but they're just not going to get the wins. And you just wonder when change is going to happen. We sort of expected it today. It, it might still happen today, but as it stands, it hasn't. And, and where do Albin go beyond that? To um, to their home on Saturday, absolutely desperate for a win to, to yeah. turn this round. And hopefully I'm proved wrong. Yeah. Albin fans, um, as I said at the top of the, the podcast, the dark days of the 90s have never been closer. One fan said after Preston last night, it is getting as bad as the Bobby Gold era. And I'm not too sure about that. That'll send a shiver down plenty of Albion fans' spines, but it's getting pretty bad. Thank you very much for listening, Albion fans. Um, we'll see the majority of you on Saturday. Try and bring your optimism. I'll try and bring mine, but it's going to be hard. Uh, thanks for listening. Tune in. Until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.